Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I am thrilled you're listening. Today we're going to be having a very interesting show. It'll probably be shocking, to say the least. We're going to be discussing statistics. I think statistics are important, and we will be discussing statistics about different topics today and numerous different worldview issues and the results of those worldviews and belief systems. A couple weeks ago, you might remember, we interviewed Dr. Rick Oliver, a former evolutionary biologist turned creationist, about his journey from an academic pursuit of evolutionary naturalism to a Christian creationist and having a Ph.D. in that area. It was interesting talking to him. But on his show, he mentioned the reality that we can have a worldview or a belief system or a theory scientifically, but we really find out how authentic that theory is when we line it up with statistics. And so today we're going to be doing that very thing, following his advice, but lining up some modern worldview issues with statistics. A lot of worldviews and a lot of belief systems that are espoused in society today are what I like to call bumper sticker worldviews. There may be worldviews or belief systems that sound good at first blush, or maybe they are creative when you see them written on the back of somebody's car on a bumper sticker, or maybe a famous person might say them, like Oprah, for example, and they sound witty or they sound good or they fit with a lot of things that we value in our society. Some of those things, just on a side note, would be things like pluralism and tolerance. Again, in the last few weeks, if you're a listener to this program, you've heard us talk on pluralism and tolerance and how there are positive attributes to both of those things, but also how our society has taken them to a level where they've become negative in many different regards. For example, pluralism is positive in that it is important to embrace all different faiths in a community or in a society like ours in a relational way. It's important to realize the need for religious freedom and to look at people with respect regardless of where they're coming from or regardless of their belief system and to have what we would call a pluralistic society, one that allows you to think for yourself and come to your own conclusions and to accept you Nonetheless, even if you differ from others, that is positive. Unfortunately, though, people have also stated or believed that pluralism is valid in that all belief systems are equally valid, that there is no right or wrong, that no worldview is more true than another. And of course, that's wrong. And we all know that intrinsically. If you listen to the show, you heard us talk about it. If you got shortchanged at the supermarket today, you would not look at your cashier and say, oh, all truths are equally valid. All statements are equally valid. So if you don't feel like giving me my full amount of change back, that's fine because you're equally right. You would never go to a math class and tell your professor, you can't mark me wrong. My answer is equally valid with your answer. We realize intrinsically that there are correct statements and wrong statements. And pure pluralism is not a valid statement. All ideas are not equally valid. All right? And then also, there are positive attributes to tolerance. It's important to love and respect each other, regardless of our belief systems. But tolerance has come to mean something much more in our society, just like pluralism. Tolerance has gotten to a point in our society where it is frowned upon to say that anything is wrong. And it is frowned upon to say that anything is exclusive or true or right. 
That is incredibly wrong. There are correct statements and there are wrong statements, and we all know that. And it is not wrong to say that a bad idea is a bad idea, and like it's been said, that bad ideas have consequences. And so we've come to a place where a lot of worldviews have embraced this quote-unquote political correctness movement and have gotten to a place in our society where all worldviews, all belief systems are seen as valid to a point, and then it's assumed that anything that differs from that mainstream thought process is wrong. It's interesting because that thought process seems to indicate that nothing would be wrong. But then again, until it disagrees with the commonly held thought process, then of course it's wrong, people would say. So I want to take some time today to evaluate some of the main tenets of our society's kind of collective worldview. Obviously, you can't just pin it down or paint with too broad a brush, but there are certain statements that I think most of our society has bought into, and we want to evaluate those in light of the statistics today. I think this will be an important show, and I'm really glad you're listening. So we've all heard that it is important to be the master of your own destiny, to do whatever feels good to you, to live according to your own truth, quote-unquote, and to follow your heart. Then, of course, you'll be happy. I was talking to a young lady several months ago, and she told me, follow your heart. Do what feels good to you. That is how you will be happy. That is how you know what is right and what is wrong, by whether or not you follow your heart. And I responded by asking, what do you think about people that follow their heart into raping little children? On a side note, my wife spent some time in Cambodia this summer rescuing girls that had been enslaved from as early as three years old in the sex slavery industry. We should be stopping that any way we can. But some people, and it's disgusting, but the human heart can go there. Some people have bought into things like that. They've gone into these terrible areas. And when we say follow your heart, that's how you know what's right. Well, we have to agree that those people following their heart got into some very bad stuff. See, the Bible tells me that the heart is desperately evil and that it's deceitful and that I cannot trust it. Yet, in our society, we buy into this lie that we should do whatever feels good, right? Even if that involves hurting other people. This is terribly wrong. So what have been the results of that worldview that has been commonly proposed in our society? We'll be sharing a lot of statistics again today. And you can get all these statistics at eternityimpact.blogspot.com. That's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. And you can get those under the God Solution tab. Look for today's show. It will be titled Drowning in a Sea of Lies. You'll see it under the God Solution tab on eternityimpact.blogspot.com. 75% of the population has some level of stress. That's probably not news to any of us. We've all been there. If you're a college student, 80% of college students say they feel stressed out. This time of year, that also is probably not a surprise to you. But taking that to the next level, we see a huge number of people that admit that they are severely depressed. As a matter of fact, 15% of the people around you say that they are depressed. And 15% of those people will end up committing suicide. In fact, the American College Health Association reports that almost 50% of college students will become so depressed during their college careers that they will be unable to function, and suicide is the second leading cause of death among college students. Terrifying statistics. 
36% of the people around you admit being lonely, and a recent survey done by MTV found that 42% of college students felt lonely. 25% of the people around you don't have one true friend. And of those that do, they say they have only, on average, two real friends. The reality is that the people around you, having bought into this lie that I should follow my heart wherever it leads, have come to a place of being stressed out, depressed, and very lonely. Now, if that's you today, before I go any further, I want you to know that Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And the Bible tells us that he, God, is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he tells you that he has called you friends. He desires that personal relationship with you. So if you feel stressed, depressed, and lonely, come to Jesus, who promises you that he can meet those needs. But the reality is that this society, following the lie that we should be the master of our own destiny, that we should do whatever feels good to us, that we should live according to our own truth, that we should follow our own heart, and then we'll be happy, has come to a place of not finding happiness, but rather finding stress, depression, and loneliness. Instead of realizing that our incorrect worldview has led us to these very negative consequences, though, society tells us, oh, you're stressed, depressed, and lonely because you don't have romance, you don't have sex, and you need more of it. The second lie that we hear is you're not happy because you don't have those things. You don't have romance. You don't have sex. You need to follow your heart. You need to do whatever feels good. You need to disregard standards. There are no consequences for your fun. Again, this is disastrous. People pursue this their own way without regard to the law and the standard that God has put on their heart. And the result is that almost a quarter of the people around you today have an incurable STD. There are 19 million new cases of sexually transmitted diseases every single year. And as a matter of fact, 50% of sexually active college students will contract an STD by the time they're 25 years old. We are seeing the demise of an entire generation because sexual standards have been eroded. And instead of finding satisfaction... We are finding, as a society, a lifetime of pain and suffering. Many of those that buy into this lie of pursuing sexual fantasies without any regard for inhibitions or the standards that we all know intrinsically are there have become pregnant. Many end up having abortions as a result of those unwanted pregnancies. Now, if that's you, if you've had an abortion, I want you to know that Jesus loves you as much as ever. You could not do anything to get him to quit loving you. And he desires that you come to him and find forgiveness and find peace and find relationship. On a side note, and I don't want to spend too much time discussing this issue, you probably all remember our interview with Lila Rose, the president of Live Action, and we've discussed the issue of abortion in the past. So just on a side note, one million biologically living human beings are killed every single year in this country because of this lie. Again, it's been said that ideas have consequences and bad ideas have bad ones. The bad idea that a human life begins after a certain event in that life, not the beginning of its biological development, has resulted in 
over 50 million human lives being ended in the last 35 years in this country alone. A lot of that has come again from this social lie that I should pursue romance and sex without regard for consequences. What's happening is many people are contracting STDs, many lives are being lost, and many people are still not finding satisfaction. Some of the sexual experimentation that has come out of believing that lie has resulted in lifestyles that statistically will reduce people's lives up to 10 or 20 years shorter than anybody else in society. And instead of saying, I love you and I don't desire that your life would be shortened by two decades because of your choices, instead of saying that, we again just say, well, everything goes. All ideas are valid. Whatever makes you happy, that's fine. It's your choice, not anybody else's. And although we are free to make choices, I believe that we should love people, even if they come to conclusions that are very different than ours, and be willing to tell them the truth when it concerns their very safety. And to say certain choices, even though they might feel good temporarily, are leading to very devastating consequences in the long run. And I love you far too much not to share that with you. Some of these confused sexual boundaries are resulting in abuse and broken lives. 90% of college rapes happen because alcohol is involved. Again, students come to school, everybody kind of laughs. Alcohol is no big deal at school. Everybody does it. The reality is a lot of people are getting raped, and there is a lot of abuse that happens as a result of those lies. On a side note, freshman girls, from the day they step foot on campus till Thanksgiving break, have the highest danger of being raped of any time in their college career. 33% of women and 17% of men were sexually abused as children because people were, quote-unquote, following their heart or doing whatever felt good to them. So many people are being hurt because of these confused standards and because of society's lies. And we cannot go on pretending that these lies are valid. We need to realize that following our heart, doing whatever feels good to us, being the master of our own destiny, etc., etc., will leave us broken, crushed, and confused. The collapse of these sexual standards not only leaves people empty and hurting, but it is eroding the entire foundation of society. Couples that live together before marriage are five times more likely to separate than those that get married. And of those that do get married, around 50% of those that cohabitated before marriage end up divorced. That has resulted in 26% of the young people around you having been raised in single-parent homes. Now, some statistics on that. I know even there are classes on campus that tell you that the traditional family model is irrelevant. Well, look at the statistics. If you think it's not important that a child be raised in a home with both a mother and a father, listen to these statistics. 63% of youth suicides come from homes without both a mother and a father. 90% of homeless children and runaways come from homes without a mother and a father. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from homes without a mother and a father. 85% of children with behavioral disorders come from homes without a mother and a father. 85% of youths in prison come from homes without a mother and a father. Teenage pregnancy is more than twice as likely in homes without a mother and a father, and girls are almost three times more likely to become single parents if they grow up in single-parent homes. The statistics are so clear. 
that our modern society's lies, that the traditional family unit is irrelevant, that sexual standards are irrelevant, have led to a society that is in desperate, desperate pain. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango or KDUR.org online. We're talking about the effects of some of the commonly held societal worldviews and the statistics that show us how wrong these thoughts and concepts are. All those different issues can be summed up with one word, and that's selfishness. When I try to do things my way, when I follow my heart wherever it leads, when I do whatever feels good to me, when I become the master of my own destiny without regard for others, all of that is selfishness. And selfishness, as we've seen in the statistics that we've already shared, has had unbelievable consequences that go far beyond just these personal issues and areas that we've discussed. Think about the economic meltdown that's going on currently all around us. The total unemployment rate is above 9% right now. When you include underemployed people, those that don't have sufficient work but are looking for more, that goes up to almost 20% of the population. So nearly one in five people do not have sufficient work to pay the bills. Home values are plummeting. Some areas have seen values drop far more than 20%. Many people are losing their homes, and foreclosures are at the highest level in history. There are many other economic indicators which show that we are in one of the worst economic situations in history. And even though the president and Congress have passed hundreds of billions of dollars, even trillions in bailouts, we have still not seen this terrible economic situation turn around. Our selfishness is not just hurting ourselves, but across society, it is hurting many others as well. Last week, we talked about the Occupy Wall Street movement. Many people are beginning to realize how devastating selfishness has become in our society, how devastating greed has become in our society. But yet again, greed is nothing more than the correct application of the worldview that our society proposes. Do it your own way. Do whatever feels good. Those things have led to the chaos that we see all around us. These have led to self-destructive coping mechanisms as people look around and they feel depressed and they feel lonely and their finances are collapsing. People have turned to self-destructive coping mechanisms. 17% of college students engage in self-injury like cutting. Most of the people around you are enslaved to some form of addiction. Approximately 14 million people in the United States are addicted to alcohol or abuse alcohol. 95% of alcoholics die from their disease and die approximately 26 years earlier than their normal life expectancy. 25,000 people each year are killed in alcohol-related vehicle accidents. I used to do blood and breath alcohol analysis for a laboratory here in town. I did that because my major was chemistry. And as a senior chemistry student, I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And it would always just tear me to pieces when I had to test blood samples from accidents where the people were killed and found that they were positive for alcohol. Seeing precious young lives destroyed and snuffed out because of addiction to alcohol. 8% of the U.S. population uses illegal drugs. I think it's probably a lot higher than that. There are 40 million adults addicted to porn. These addictive lifestyles seem to have complete control over our society. 
College students, male and female, the issue of porn is astronomically high, creating a situation where people have lost confidence and they don't even know how to see other people outside the lens of sexual desire. People don't know what it means to love simply unconditionally any longer. Our entire society has come to a point because of our addictions as seeing other people as nothing more than objects to be used, not as people that deserve to be loved. You all know how prevalent these addictions are all across the board. They're nothing more than coping mechanisms to deal with the pain of a world that's believed its own lies and come up empty. These pressures are more than we can handle, and they're creating a medical nightmare and skyrocketing medical costs. Our society is in turmoil with itself and at war with others. Everyone is desperately desperately searching. If you add up all these stats, 300% of the population deals with some of them, whether that's the stress, the depression, the loneliness, the broken relationships, the SDEs, the abuse, the financial hardships, the self-injury, or other addictions. No one around you is quote-unquote normal. Everyone around you, having believed the lies in society, is drowning in their own despair. Society has said that the six C's, cash, cars, careers, condos, cuties, and computers, would make you happy. The result is a lot of people that are laughing on the outside, but crying on the inside. You may have heard it put that way before. They are desperately searching. Even if we could be happy on our own, we still have this sin issue, though, that separates us forever from God. I'm not looking at all these statistics today to say that they prove that God has to exist what I am saying is that these statistics show us that our own way of doing things, what the Bible calls sin, leaves us empty. And that's exactly what Jesus said. We need to have Jesus' attitude about those around us. When Jesus saw the crowds, the Bible says that he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He looked into that situation and said that he desired to reach those people with true hope. And that's my desire this morning, that wherever you are in relation to these statistics, if you're searching and you're empty, realizing that those societal lies have left you empty, there is a Savior that reaches out his hand with real hope and real answers today. And that Savior is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't just claim to have or to speak the truth, but he went so far as to actually claim to be the truth. Truth is reality, and Jesus alone is reality. The Bible tells us that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's reality. All things were created by him. All things are held together in him. And as reality itself, he can speak the truth of reality. And when he tells us that our hearts are desperately evil and that we desperately need a savior, he is very true. And the statistics prove him right yet again. He alone is truth and he alone has the answers that me and you need and are searching for. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. I want to encourage you today to come to Jesus. 
wherever you're coming from, realizing that he has the answers. Here's what Jesus says, and I want to share his exact words with you. Wherever you're at in relation to all these statistics that we've shared today, here is what Jesus says. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Streams of living water will flow from within him. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. All who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the darkness. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise. Anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. How do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Sin is unbelief in me. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. But they have already passed from death into life. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal as friends. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Be sure of this. I am with you always. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. The reality, guys, is that all of us desperately need Jesus. Our bumper sticker worldviews have left us very empty and hurting very bad. And we desperately need a Savior who looks at every single one of us regardless of our past. Look, no matter who you are today, no matter what you've done, you are no worse than me. I today speak realizing, like Paul said, I am the worst of all sinners, and I have a wonderful Savior that would accept me, and he longs to be in relationship with you as well. He reaches out his hands and says, I love you. Come to me as you are, and let me forgive you, and let me change you from the inside out, and let me satisfy your deepest desires, and let me heal you from all that has happened in your past. So how to respond? Today, I would encourage you, come to him. Simply, right now even, in prayer, say, Jesus, I recognize I desperately need you. Please forgive me for my sins. I realize the consequences of those our pain on this planet and an eternity separated from you. Forgive me. Come into my life. Make me who you want me to be. The Bible says if you mean that with all your heart and you confess that with your mouth, you truly will be saved. And the God of this universe will come and live inside of you. It's been an interesting show. I hope that it wasn't too controversial. 
whatever you think of the show, please let me know. Get in touch with us. You can get on our blog and leave comments there. Again, that's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. That's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. And you'll be able to get this show, many more, and leave comments about what you think. You can come visit us this week at Connect. We meet in the Student Life Center, room 119, at 7.30 on Tuesday. Again, that's the Student Life Center, room 119, 7.30 on Tuesday. And this week we'll be having an open mic night, and it'll be a phenomenal time. I hope you'll join us. I'd also like to invite you to join us at the River Church this morning. I'll be there at 1045, 860 Plymouth Drive. It's right off of Florida. You can't miss it. Come join us at the River Church. Remember, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. As you think about the statistics you heard this morning, I pray that you'd have an open mind and an honest heart and a humble disposition and that you diligently search for the truth who is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Have a wonderful Sunday. I